Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Shape the Culture's podcast, our weekly message, our creative, authentic, innovative sermon that we deliver every week. If you're a first-time listener, I just really want to say I appreciate you tuning in. Thank you for checking us out. I hope you find something that gives you life, that, that really inspires you, set your soul on fire, set your spirit on fire, something that makes you want to come back and tune in again or check out our, our previous messages. Um, you, you can subscribe by going to shapetheculture.org, um, and that way you'll get a, a, a personal message from me, your host, Malcolm Weich, every Monday to start your week off. If you're a continuing listener, thank you for continuing to tune back in. I hope that you continue to find something that inspires you, sets you on fire, gives you life, makes you want to keep coming back. Um, We are continuing our series, Soul Food, this week, and I'm excited to deliver this message. So we are continuing our Soul Food series. This this has been a a really great series to me. It's... um, really showed shown me a lot as I've been doing my studying and reflecting and delivering these messages um, and focusing on the metaphors of food and eating in the Bible um, has really sh- shown me how much the Holy Scriptures have to teach us. I think there's a lot in these scriptures that's way more than just food and eating. Um, and so we started by taking a look at the story of Ezekiel swallowing the scroll God prepared for him, showing us that the Spirit of God has really filled us up from before birth and how learning how to trust in our gut and our intuition can guide us in the direction that we're called to go. Then last week, we looked at Jesus feeding the 5,000. You know, that's one of the miracles that everybody's pretty familiar with. Um, And this taught us the principle of everybody eats and how compassion leads us to give, which leads us to receiving more than we could have ever imagined in the first place. This week, we are going to stay in the New Testament and we're going to take a look at the Last Supper. During the Last Supper, this is when Jesus sat down with his disciples, his brothers, his comrades. And this was the night before Jesus was captured and sent to the cross. This was the last meal that he would share with his friends. And during this meal, to me, he showed us the power of really living for the people. Um, And that's the title of this message, For the People. See, Jesus was a man for the people, and he let his love for others guide him in the direction of his destiny. And this is really powerful and interesting to to me. And this week, I want to share some of the lessons that that have come to me during my studying and reflection of the Last Supper. This week's verses come from the book of Matthew, chapter 17. We're going to be reading verses 17 through 28, and I'm reading from the New Living Translation. And they read like this. On the first day of the festival of unleavened bread, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, Where do you want us to prepare the Passover meal for you? As you go into the city, he told them, you will see a certain man. Tell him, the teacher says, my time has come and I will eat the Passover meal with my disciples at your house. So the disciples did as Jesus told them and prepared the Passover meal there. When it was evening, Jesus sat down at the table with the 12. While they were eating, he said, I tell you the truth, one of you will betray me. Greatly distressed, each one asked in turn, am I the one, Lord? He replied, one of you who has just eaten from this bowl with me will betray me. For the Son of Man must die, as the scriptures declared long ago. But how terrible it would be for the one who betrays me. 
It would be far better for that man if he had never been born. Judas, the one who would betray him, also asked, Rabbi, am I the one? And Jesus told him, you have said it. And they were eating. Jesus took some bread and blessed it. Then he broke it in pieces and gave it to the disciples saying, take this and eat it for this is my body. And he took a cup of wine and gave thanks to God for it. He gave it to them and said, each of you drink from it for this is my blood, which confirms the covenant between God and his people. It is poured out as a sacrifice to forgive the sins of many. As we read the story of the Last Supper, we read that Jesus understood that his time has come. He knew what was in store for him. This meant that he knew that he was going to be betrayed, sent to the cross, and then he would die for the people. And having understood all of this, Jesus's last request to his disciples was for them to prepare to have the Passover meal with him. This is powerful to me because knowing that you are about to die and be sacrificed, there's probably so many things that you could think of wanting to do. So many things racing through your head, so many emotions. I mean, this is something that people have bucket lists just for this type of occasion. And we really spend so much time thinking, even when we don't know if death is near or not, thinking of what we want to do before we pass away. And all Jesus wanted to do was fellowship with his friends. See, my first point is that fellowship fuels you for the future. I think this is why Jesus wanted nothing more than to spend his last free night at dinner with his closest friends. When we are engaged with fellowship, in fellowship, our souls and our spirits are also engaged. The time we spend in fellowship, talking, laughing, going from the serious conversations to the lighthearted matters, engages mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. This is often how we, we, we refuel, come up with new ideas, and allow iron to sharpen iron. Think about what Jesus was about to go through. He told his dearest comrades that he was about to die. His time had come and there would be no more journeys, no more miracles, no more memories to be made. But to prepare himself to go forward with his destiny, he needed his friends to rally around him. He needed them to show their confidence and their trust in him. That night with them all participating in fellowship gave Jesus the fuel he needed to go through the hardest trial of his entire life. When Jesus and the disciples broke bread together and drank wine for the last time, they entered a covenant. They were now engaged in a heavenly promise for each other. And that that has modeled the heavenly promise that we're all engaged in with the Spirit of God, but also with each other. I have to be for the we. We are all contributing to the greater good of the world, and we're all striving to make the world a better place. And, and fellowship reminds us of our covenant with God and also with one, one another. It comes many times in the form of eating, but the principle behind sitting down with each other for a meal is so much bigger than what we eat. As we engage in fellowship, it doesn't take long for the stories to start being shared and, and spread around. People start telling each other about their latest experiences, the mistakes they've made, the successes they've come they've come across, and we talk about the lessons we've learned. This is one of the most important aspects of fellowship. When we humble ourselves to learn from each other, our wealth of knowledge increases a hundredfold. Many times people go through experiences so we don't have to. 
That's one of the best parts of having friends. We can all learn this from the example Jesus set for us. Jesus went to the cross and died so that we wouldn't have to. He set the ultimate example of being for the people. His sacrifice was so mighty that ever since then, people have tried to literally follow in his footsteps and model the life that he lived. And often, you know, when we think of sacrifices, we think of sacrifices as such personal aspects of life. We believe that we sacrifice for our own success. But when we take a deeper look at our sacrifices, it's revealed to us that often we sacrifice for the success and benefit of others. When we go through hard times and endure through a storm, the lessons we learn are for us to learn from. But more importantly, they are for us to share. We have to be willing to share what we go through and what we learn to contribute to the greater good of the world. Engaging in fellowship that is honest and intimate makes room for us to stir up the spirit of God in each other. Even through the time, even though the time had come for Jesus, those around him, his disciples, still had lives and destinies they they were traveling towards. They hadn't reached their destinations yet. Their time hadn't come. And so they were still learning from the lessons of Jesus. And, And I believe that seeing him so ready to face his trials and endure through the tough times left them prepared to handle their own difficulties. Because sometimes all we need to survive our own storm is seeing or hearing about somebody else survive their own storm. Being for the people, engaging in and enjoying fellowship leaves us open for what seems inevitable, and that is betrayal. Everybody encounters a Judas in their life, whether it's an actual person or a situation that doesn't go our way. We all deal with people who we thought were on our side, but turn out to be against us, pushing us away from our purpose, distracting us from being the best we can be, and wanting us to join their company of misery. Then we all also deal with situations that seem to betray us, life things, such as being rejected from jobs we thought we were sure to get, ending ending up out of relationships we thought would last forever, or, you know, we all have that, that time where we're like, oh, this is our year of becoming rich and, and finally gaining the success. And that just turns out to be really another year of constant storms. But reading about Judas, Jesus and Judas made me think about how blessed is the person who sees the miracle in betrayal? Because that's the, that's the other spectrum of fellowship that, that we have to be able to confront and be prepared for and also accept because Jesus could not and would not have been Jesus without Judas. And no matter what we believe or wish would have happened, it was very necessary for the betrayal to happen before the blessing. I think Jesus understood this. I think this is why Jesus was able to be so upfront and honest about what was going to happen. When we face betrayal or even when we start to believe we might possibly be being betrayed, we have to brace ourselves. There's there's a period of time where we start thinking about how to deal with it. We could be mad, frustrated, and in turn, lash out with those emotions. We can make things worse and start to engage with the person or situation that has betrayed us. Or we could have a shift in perspective. 
we can start to realize that the betrayal was just part of our process. Because what doesn't kill us only makes us stronger. And so when you think that someone or something is doing you dirty and setting you back and causing you all this trouble, you're just being made better and stronger. The person who can see the miracle and betrayal is blessed beyond measure because you have the understanding that the Spirit of God is always going to look out for your good. So being for the people, that, that's so much more than you know being service-oriented or a humanitarian or somebody that, that's really you know always working in community service or you know things like that. That that plays a part into it, but for the people is is it's more of a heart thing, like we just saw. It's about taking those moments of fellowship and really engaging honestly and intimately with our friends and our family and the people around you. We have people in our lives for a reason. And and like I said, it's so much more than just enjoying a meal. You know what I mean? Like my family used to be really big on making sure that we all sat down at the dinner table every night. But it took me growing up and maturing and realizing that it was so much more than us just having dinner. It was the time we spent. It was the conversations we had, those those memories and moments where we were really feeding each other, like I said, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. So that's what For the People is, is really all about. So thank you once again for tuning in to a Shape the Culture message. Like I said, I hope that you found something that really inspired you, something that you can start in, implanting in your life daily. Subscribe at shapetheculture.org and make sure you share with a friend. We continue to follow the model of each one, teach one. Thank you for tuning in. Talk to you guys next week. Love you all. I'm out.